Good morning, everybody, and welcome back, Phil. Today, Bezat Shem will be learning Daf Lamed Dalad in Masechus Bavakam. Phil, don't turn that page. Lamed Gimel Lamed Beis, 10 lines down, okay? Uh, I believe that's where we left off. Tani, Rav Tachlifa, Bamarava, Kamei, the Rav Yibo. Okay, Rav Tachlifa, from Eretz Yisrael, learned this b'risa in front of Rabbi Yibo. Mechara, Enu, Machar, Hikdishu, Muktash. What is going on, Phil? Let me catch you up. The Pasuk says, okay, that when Barry's bull, which at, at heretofore had been a placid bull, okay, gores someone, the payment is very unique. Unlike a muad, right, the muad is easy, you understand? If it's a habitually goring bull that everybody knows is a problem, then if it causes damage, then that's called, you pay with what's called ba'aliyah. All that means is, uh, well, not all that means, but it just basically means you compensate for damages, okay, in full. And then, belly, it happens to be you have to pay for the best of your land, okay. But if, you, if you're sure it was a tam, we've already had this machlokas, is it a knas? Is it mamon? We don't really know. It's a chatzi nezek. Chatzi nezek is unlike any other payment, really, I mean, that, that we know of. The Pasuk says, What's going on? You sell the live shore. This is in Shmos Chafalaf Lamed Kaspo, and they split the proceeds of the living shore, which is the goring shore, right? The Barry's bull, as it were. The gam es hames yechatsun. And you also split the proceeds of the mace, or whatever that means, right? The carcass, Andrew's nebuch bull. So, so obviously we're splitting both in some ways. How are you splitting it? Whose does the shore belong to? Right? It says you split both. So there was a machlokas that we learned yesterday, Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Shmuel says it's like he's a bal chovu v'zuzi masikle, which is to say it's as if Barry now officially owes Andrew money. Again, Barry's bull was a placid bull and now he was a short time and now he gored Andrew's bull. So... There's several questions here. First of all, now part of the payment that Barry gives Andrew is this shor hachai, shor hames, you're splitting it in half. And the question is, the questions abound, right? Is, it, is the shor hachai and the shor hames, when is this evaluation from? From the time that the goring happened? Is it from the time that they go to Bezdin and they have the, the, the case? Uh, there could be appreciation, there could be depreciation. What is actually going on here? So that's a challenging thing that we'll hope, that's gonna be the topic that's gonna take us through Daf Lamed, Gimel Lamed Dalet. And then when we get to the Mishnah and the end of Lamed Dalet, then it's gonna be free sailing, Andrew. That's, that's what we have to get through. This is the road we have the schus to try to get through. So, as I mentioned, Rabbi Shmuel said that Barry's um, is like a Baal Chov to Andrew. Rabbi Kiva holds that they're like Shutfim. The Barry and Andrew, at the moment that Barry's bull gored him, it's as if they now join, jointly own Barry's bull. Okay, Andrew's got a, and that's what they split. And the difference is now it means that Andrew, from the moment of the goring, has some, um, uh, some ownership of Barry's bull. What's the difference? Well, can Andrew sell it? Can Andrew be Makdash it? Can Andrew have any kind of authority over it, okay? So that's the question. Does he already own the ox? So getting back. So, the Tachlipa from, from Israeli, Barmarov means he's Israeli, 
He learned in front of Rabbi Yibo, if Andrew sold the ox, it's not sold, and if he, but if he tried to be makdash it, it works. So wait a minute. Why, is this like Rabbi Kiva or like Rabbi Shmuel? According to Rabbi Kiva, he's a shutaf, so it sounds like he would be makdash. So the question is like this, who sold the ox? What, do we, what was the statement of Rav Tachlifa? If you're going to say that Barry is the one that sold the ox, whose opinion is this? Right, that he says that it's not machar. Rabbi Kiva hidam or hukla tashor. Well, Rabbi Kiva says hukla tashor. Hukla tashor means that that's what it means when Rabbi Kiva says those are the words hukla tashor. It's automatically transferred to Andrew. Okay, so if it's automatically transferred into to Andrew, right? So it would make sense. It would make sense that if so again the halacha was that you that. Somebody can't sell it, but if he was makdashit, it works. So obviously, it seems contradictory, right? Because, so first of all, who are we talking about? If it's talking about Barry, right? So, um, right, money, right? So if you're going to say that it's talking about Barry, so it would mean that what? That according to Rabbi Kiva, Andrew holds it. So that's why machar ain't a machar. Okay, so that makes sense. So Barry can't sell it because it's already jointly owned by, or it really is already been automatically transferred to Andrew, okay? But the problem is, right, that you can be makdashit. So Andrew, if Andrew owns the shore, then Barry can't be makdashit, right? Okay. So the Amr Yushama Shorbevezdin, Rabbi Shmuel said that what? That you do not transfer the ox immediately to Andrew, but rather you wait and you evaluate in Bezdin and it's still owned by Barry and then you deal with the money, not with the shore itself. Okay, so then for that reason, it wouldn't make sense that it's the mazik, this statement of Rav Tachlipa. Ela Nizak. Okay, so rather let's say it's, it's this statement is talking about Andrew, which is to say again, it's Andrew that, said, that can't sell it. So, okay, so if Andrew can't sell it, that must mean that we hold like Rabbi Shmuel, right? Because the, the shore hasn't been uh, transferred. But the question is, why can you be makdashit? Right, if you can't sell it. So again, so it, what the Gemara is trying to say is mimanafshach. If you can, if you can't sell it, but you can be makdashit, then it doesn't make sense either to Rabbi Shmuel or Rabbi Kiva. Just to make this a little simpler, if we went according to Rabbi Kiva, then Andrew can sell it and be makdashit because it's transferred to Andrew. If you go according to Rabbi Shmuel, then Andrew can do neither because it still belongs to Barry. In which case, Barry can sell it and be makdashit. But of course, this statement is internally contradictory. It says that you can't sell it, but you can be makdashit. So that's all the Gemara is saying here. It's mimanafshach. If you go like Rabbi Kiva, it doesn't work. You, because you, uh, and if you go like Rabbi Shmuel, it doesn't work, right? That's what we're going to say now. El Nizak, if it's talking about Andrew, the machar ain't a machar money, then why can't he sell it? Rabbi Shmuel, right? Maybe if according to Rabbi Shmuel, then that would be the reason why he can't sell it. However, then, but then the fact that Andrew, if it's talking about the Nizak, then the fact that he can mock the shit is consistent with Rabbi Akiva. So is it like Rabbi Shmuel or like Rabbi Akiva? So how are we handling this self-contradictory statement of Rabbi Tachlifa? Actually, we're talking about the Mazak. So we're talking about Barry. And everybody is going to agree with this, both Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva. How are they going to agree? So again, according to Rabbi, uh, so let's see, Macharo, Mazak Vadivar Akol. Everybody's going to agree. So we're talking about Barry. Okay, so Barry can't sell it. Machara ain't a Machar Rabbi Shmuel. 
Okay? Because even according to Rabbi Shmuel, why? The Hamashab Delayla Nizak. So again, Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Akiva holds that Barry or that Andrew already owns the bull. So of course he can't sell it. But what the Gemara is saying now is that even Rabbi Shmuel, who holds that Barry owns the bull, Barry still can't sell it. Why? Because the Hamashab Delayla Nizak. Because Barry, from the moment of the incident, is Meshubad. He has to pay this bull to Andrew. So you can't, from the moment of Hezek already, even though he, Barry owns it, so in theory he has jurisdiction to sell it, he doesn't have us, he does, he, we don't give him the right to sell it because it's spoken for. He has to give it, to, he already has to give it to Andrew. So since he has to give it to Andrew, he can't just sell it outright. He's not allowed to sell it. It's not that he doesn't have the authority to do it, he still is the owner of it, but we say, hey, stop selling, hey Barry, don't sell it. That would be ridiculous because you don't have the right to. That shore is spoken for. Eventually, we're going to transfer the money from that to Andrew. Okay. Now, so that's why, according to, even according to Rabbi Shmuel, he would not be allowed to sell it. Now, Hikdisha Mukdash, why according to both Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva, would Barry be able to be Makdashit? Well, according to Rabbi Shmuel, it makes sense, all the sense in the world that you can be Makdashit. Now, you could say, wait a minute. If Barry can't sell, why are we allowing him to be Makdashit? You can't be Makdashit either because he's supposed to give it to Andrew. For whatever reason, we're saying that that he's allowed to do. Can't sell it, but you can be Makdashit, okay? And that would not only be true according to Rabbi Shmuel, where Barry owns it, technically, but even to Rabbi Kiva, where Andrew owns it, technically. Wait a minute. How is Barry Makdashit sure that Andrew owns? Let's see. Yikdisha Mukdash. Barry, we're talking about the Mazik, can be Makdashit even according to Rabbi Kiva. Mishum de Rabbi Abo. Because of a principle we learn from Rabbi Abo. What is it? The Amar Rabbi Abo? That what? That when you have Muktish property that's under lien, which is, which is the case here, right? You have to be Makdashit, you have to redeem it, right? For, for a minimal payment before Andrew can collect it. It's a unique little gazera, a unique detail, which is to say Barry tried to be Makdash something. Really, even according, even according, really according to Rabbi Kiva, what Barry was Makdish, he was kind of a shutif, and Andrew already owned it. So what is going on that tells us that Barry has to redeem it? As follows, I'll say it outside first. Barry has to redeem it because people are not going to realize that he can't be Makdish, and they think that you could take a shore out of Hekdish without having to redeem it. And so this is a wrinkle within a wrinkle within a wrinkle that even though, according to Rabbi Akiva, Andrew owns the shore, Barry's kind of a joint owner in the shore, enough so that if he is Makdashit, it creates the perception that this shore is, hek- is, is Hekdash. And even though technically Rabbi Akiva would say that it's not necessarily really Hekdash, it's Hekdash enough that he has to give a nominal fee to the Beis HaMikdash to redeem it so that it gives the appearance, it doesn't, you, we don't end up with the appearance of something that's being muktosh being taken without, ha, without being redeemed. As the Gemara says, Gezeira Shema Yomru Hekdesh Yotze Below Pidyon. That's what that means, that the Chazal made a Gezeira, that Barry kind of is Makdashit, even according to Rabbi Kiva, even though Andrew owns the bull, because he's Makdashit to the extent that he has to redeem it, right? And therefore, he has to give a minimal payment so that people don't, won't say, right, that Hekdish can be taken out without redemption. 
So you see what's going on here, Barry? There is enough of a hekdesh to require redemption. That's what it means, okay? Whew. So that's what the statement was uh, over here. So now, oh, both according, amazingly, both according to Rabbi Kiva or Rabbi Shmal, we still, they both agree with this halacha that machar ain't machar, that Barry should never sell this thing. But if he's makdish it, all he means is that if Barry or, and this would be true of Barry or Andrew, if they're, if they're makdish it, they'd have to pay the redemption. It's the be mazik, rather, right? It's talking about Barry. Only within the mazik does it work to say that he can, without chazal, so again, it doesn't fundamentally, just to summarize, as we get to the two dots in the middle of Lama Gimel Beis, just to summarize, Barry's not supposed to, as the mazik, he's not supposed to sell it because, but it's not reflective of does Andrew really own it, does Barry really own it. What happens is that regardless of who you hold like, Barry shouldn't sell it because eventually we have, we have to pay with this shore in the case of a short time. And as far as Hekdish, regardless of who owns it, he's going to have to pay a little redemption fee because to avoid the perception that in the case that people think that it's already muktash, to avoid the perception that you can take something out of Hekdish without actually paying a redemption fee. Uh, being a pigeon. Okay. So now to that little page, Tanarabana. Related Bryce as follows. Short time she We're back in the short time. So we know that we're gonna have some uh, work to do as far as understanding the payment and who owns it. Says the Gemara, the Braisa, Achal Ahmed Bidin. What will be the halacha before the court date for this bull? Mahar Machar. If Barry sold it, it's sold. If he right it was Makdashid, it's Makdashid. Shato Sonamashasoi. And if he shechted it and gave it away, what's done is done. Nobody can retrieve that. How, um, however, Misha Ahmad Bedin, after they go to Bezdin, right? If he, if he sold it, it's not sold. You have to take it back. The hektish means nothing. He shechted it and gave it to Phil. <clears throat> he didn't do anything. You have to give it back. And if Andrew shows up and pre, and he and and he shows up before, right? The damaged party, rather, Chovos, I'm sorry, the creditors uh, of Barry, rather, came uh, to get the money before uh, Andrew got it. Andrew Zanizak and collected it in payment of their own debts. Bain chav bain It would not matter whether the actual debt. So again, this is a third party. This is Phil coming to collect, right, money that Barry owes him. So whether that loan or that, right, chiyuv um, for Barry came before the incident with the shore or whether it became after the incident of the shore, lo klum, they have to forfeit, right, the ox to the nizak, to Andrew, right? It doesn't, it doesn't come back. You can't come back and collect, amazingly, even if the debt preceded, right, the incident with uh, Barry and Andrew, this shore is designated for Andrew, the Nizak. And all of this is because the shore is paid from the ox's body, as we learned in the Pasuk, that it says, So once, what is all of this saying? An unbelievable brysa, and, and we're going to have to say how this, right, is reconciled with everything else that we learned. But the bottom line is, that before Bezdin, it sounds like it's Barry's, according to this, right? He could do whatever he wants. And Misha Ahmed Bedin, after he was Omid Bedin, that is the point where it becomes Andrew's, according to this part of the Brisa. And so much so that it doesn't matter what happened before, 
None of the history matters. The only thing that matters, the point of transition is Amida Bedin, okay? And Amida Bedin is when the bull is fully designated for Andrew, irrespective of any history on this bull. Wow. That is with regards to a short time. And we, like I said, it's very unique. Muad um, Chihizik, the Brysa continues. Now, the Muad Chihizik is going to be easier because Muad, really, you're just paying damages. So watch this. Bein Shaman Bedin, Ben Shalomad Bedin, doesn't matter when the, the court date was. Machar, Machar, if he sold it, he sold it, Hikdisha, Muktash, if this is talking about Barry right now, he could be Makdashit, Shkhatan, Son of Matana, Masha, Asoi, he could check that he give us a gift. And if Phil comes and he preceded, right, um, the, the incident, right, and collected it, it doesn't really matter whether the, the debt was before, right, the, the incident or before after. They, nobody has to forfeit the ox to, to Andrew. And so all of this is because why? This is what we said before. The easy way of saying this is the only thing that Barry owes Andrew, if he's sure that if Barry's bull is a, is a muad, is the money. He owes him the money for the damages. And so nobody cares about the, the particulars of the shore. He could sell it. You could, uh, Phil, you could collect it as a debt. The shore is out of the picture completely. The only thing that matters is the, show me the money. Okay? So that's a very easy case, the muad. The muad is simply, the shore is entirely in Barry's jurisdiction. And, and, it's, all, and, 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 and it's totally uh, dissociated from the money. It's really in the case of the Tom where it's very complicated. Like, does Andrew has a real hold on the, on the bull um, because of the fact that the Torah tells you, specifically by Tom, that you're splitting it. Okay. So now let's analyze the Bryce. Amar Mar. Let's look at this case of the Tom. Machar Machar. Okay. So, Machar Machar is if Barry sold it, Achilo Ahmed Bedin, right? So we said that there's that it sounds like it's the, the time where everything changes is where they get the best in. What does it mean that you, the Barry could sell it? Liridia. It means that it's sold for plowing. We'll see what this means in a minute. He gives it for to Rabbi Bo. This is not, this is the Rabbi Bo. So what is, what is Mar saying? Mar is saying a thing that it's not really sold. And it's not really Muktash. The Muktash that we're talking about is the Muktash of Rabbi Abo. That it's not, it's just the perception that we have to avoid where he has to pay some of the redemption. And the Mechira, it's not really selling it. Eventually, it's going to go to Andrew. He's just giving, selling it, Liridia means that he's giving it to Phil or to somebody else uh, to do a little bit of work with it and maybe they won't have to like compensate him for the work. But eventually, this sure is going to Andrew, even if it's before Bezdin, even before Ahmad Bedin. As soon as the incident happened, right, it's going to be, uh, it's going to belong to Andrew in a sense, okay? So... That's the first thing. So it's not really machar machar, and so that's already going to be consistent with even Rabbi Kiva. That it's not really machar, it's not really muktash, it just sounds like it is, but it's really not. It's really just for the sake of pidyon and for nominal things, but not for realsies, okay? Then next, shchatun son of matana mashiach what does this mean? That, so now Barry has this short tom, and he owes it to, to Andrew, but he's shechting it, he's giving it out as gifts to Phil, what are you doing, Barry? So what's done, it's done. So says the Gemara, so I understand if he gave it to Phil as a gift, what's done, it's done, because that'll be the Radia. That'll be like selling it. 
It just means to respect the plowing. It's as if he sold it. What it really means, Laredia, as Rashi explains, you see the third line, right? That if, for example, or in this case, the recipient of the gift, if Phil used it, right, he doesn't have to give the rental amount to Andrew. In other words, just because eventually it's going to Andrew, Phil's not going to owe him any money. But it's not a real gift, right? Andrew's eventually going to end up with the shore for sure. It's a tom, okay? Uh-oh. But then once Barry shechts it, it's really going to be a problem. Like how, he's going to give Andrew pieces of, of Shechetah? So says the Gemara, Let Andrew come and take payment from that meat, right? And when you say, The Tanya, because we learned in Abraisa, Chai, when, when the Torah says, we read the Pasuk, it says, Chai emes, you have to sell it alive and you have to sell it dead. It only means, it not only applies when it's alive. Where do I learn that? You, that Andrew can collect it either dead or alive. Talmud Omar, umcharo es ashor. We said in the beginning of the Pasuk that you sell the shore. Right? Andrew and Barry collectively sell this shore. Tam, mikol makam. It means whether it's alive or whether it's dead, it's shechted. In all of these cases, right, it's going to go to Andrew. So what does the Bryson mean that when it says once he shechted, what's done is done? So the Gemara says, Amar Rishiz, shechita. What that really means, again, it's not that what's done is done and that you can give it away, etc. But what it means is the depreciation. And depreciation that happens from the, from the shechita, right, Barry's exempt for paying Andrew for that. For that depreciation. That's what it means. So now, okay. So again, all we're doing is we're limiting that statement very much. Like, at first the statement sounded like at the point of Ahmad Abedin, that's when it transfers over to Andrew. And we're learning something very fundamental in that b'risa. Without this Gemara, you'd never understand the b'risa. What it really means is that, no, nothing really ever belongs to Barry from the time of the incident already. And all of these cases, the b'risa was really confusing us. It was distracting us to think that it goes to Andrew, but does not. It really does not. It really belongs to Barry in the ways that it's saying now that you could sell it and you can be makdashit and, and all of those things. It's really in very limited kinds of ways, not really fundamentally. Okay, so now in the second wide line, I'm Ravuna Breda Yeshua, Zotomeret. What this really means is Hamazik when Shibudu Shalchaver Potter. That if you damage somebody's shibud, you are potter. What does that mean? Ah, so now you have to look at the Mepharshim. It says it's intangible. It's a grama loss. That is a fascinating thing. In other words, prat shechita. What's prat shechita? The depreciation that, that, went, that goes on. Depreciation that goes on means that, right, that if you, and again, Barry's bull is the, it needs to go to Andrew as a short time as part of the payment for Andrew, okay? Barry goes ahead and does something wild. He shechts it. In so doing, he depreciates what essentially is Andrew's asset, right? It's a, essentially a lien, right? It's a payment lien. It's Andrew's asset and Barry's possession. And yet we, hear, we, yet we learn that when Barry depreciates that value of that bull by shechting it, Barry's not high for that depreciation. So does this teach you in general that if somebody has a lien in somebody else's possession, that if they damage it, that they're not chayef for the damaging the lien? The answer is yes, because that's called a grama, right? Because it's not direct damage. In other words, a lien is, is something that goes and gets paid to Andrew in an eventuality, but it doesn't actually tangibly belong to him quite yet. And so this is a very abstract subtlety to say that since it doesn't tangibly belong to Andrew, Injuring it in that state 
is not a real tangible damage to Andrew. And therefore, you're not chayef for it. Even though it is true that eventually Andrew loses out, in the moment, you're not injuring Andrew, and therefore you don't have to pay for that, right? You're not responsible for payment for that. So watch this, right? That's what that means. Hamazik shibuda shachaver potter. Somebody has, right, a lien, and you damage it. It's, it's too far removed. It's an intangible damage. You're not officially damaging him because it doesn't technically belong to him yet, and therefore you're potter. So it's a gemara. Pshita, it's obvious. We already know that. Rav Huna didn't have to teach us this. So the gemara says that. You might have thought, hasam hudamalei lo chasati yeah, in the case of shechting the ox, right, that's the only case where you're potter. And it's not something that you can apply to all of the cases of the lien. Why? Because he could say, I didn't, you didn't lose anything yet. Uh, Barry could say to Andrew, I didn't shech Because he could say, here means that just the breath, I took the breath. In other words, the ox is still here. Right? I owe you the ox, Andrew. Well, here's the ox. It just happens to be um, packaged in meat boxes. But all I did was take away the ox's life. But I wasn't selling you the ox's personality. I was selling you the meat. But in the case where you completely destroy somebody else's lean, so then you might be chayev. No, Ravun ben Yeshua is actually teaching you a fundamental thing that any time you destroy somebody's lean, you're going to right, be potter. Right? Again, in the case of, of Barry shechting the ox, you're still giving Andrew something. You haven't completely destroyed it. And you might think that it is for that reason that you're potter. But the answer is no. That in general, even if you completely destroy somebody's lien, that is not something that you're chayef for, which is a fascinating thing we're going to have to get, revisit. Right? Obviously, every line here, can uh, you could sit for months. Okay. So now six lines up. The Gemara says, Hanami Rabba Amra. But you know, Rabba also said that. The Amr Rabba, because Rabba once said, Asarf Shtarasa Shechavir, potter. What if you have documents uh, that indicate that Barry owns Andrew money and somebody sets the documents on fire? Do you pay damages for that? So the answer is no, you're not chayv. So the Gemara, why do you have to learn that? Because, why, so Ravuna, Yeshua, why is he teaching you anything new? We already know that if you set those documents on fire, you're not chayv. Yeah, because there you just say it's, it's not worth more than the paper that's written on. Right, all I did was burn the paper. That doesn't have any value. And it is for that reason that he's he's potter. But let's say, right, what would be the case where you really damaged the field? So there would be a case where somebody has a lien headed a field. Okay, well, if the lien was on a field and all of a sudden Barry comes in and he starts to dig trenches and ruin the field. So there you'd say, okay, now you have some visible damage. It's not, it's obviously physical Right, reduction in value that's tangible. It's not like burning the, uh, a document. And therefore, there you think that Barry is, in fact. Chaya Kamash Malan, Ravuna ben Rishua says that in the most extreme case, damaging a lien is gurnished. It's totally free of any liability. Right? And here in the case of, of Shechting an ox, is certainly similar to that because you see physical damage to the ox. It was alive and now it's in pieces. So of course there, it's a good example of the fact that the, right, lean is, that, that damaging a lean, you're not chayev. The Kamar Masha also And yet he says in his statement, what's done is done. No chayev on Barry's part. And therefore it's teaching you that one is never chayev for damaging a lean. Three lines up from the bottom. What's going on here? Continuing with the Brisa. You must have been very curious about this. That if Phil goes and takes money from Barry, it doesn't matter 
what, what preceded what? Whether the, lean, whether the loan preceded the incident of the bull or not. Why? It said because, because you have to what? Be Mishalim Andrew from the body of the ox and therefore from the time of the incident or even from before. That's what it really means. It means that the second the incident happens, Andrew kind of owns the ox such that, it's a, it's a fascinating Kiddush, such that even if Phil, <laughs> right, that, that, that's, that, here, here's the difference between an ox and a, and a field, right? If Phil, right, lends, uh, if Barry owes, lend, lends Barry money, and Barry owes money to Phil, right, um, already, at the time that Andrew comes to buy land, Andrew has to know that. You know, does Barry have any pre-existing debt? And maybe Phil can go collect it. But if Phil lends Barry money, and then there was an incident with an ox, the incident of the ox, like no, the ox doesn't care about the loan, right? It's like a standalone idea that the ox now belongs to Andrew, irrespective. Phil should not be able to go get it because the ox belongs to Andrew as like a side halacha, right? It's not, it's, it's dissociated from this loan. So watch this. But the Gemara really wants to dissect that. It says, I understand if the, if the incident happened before the loan. So that would make sense because already Barry owes the ox to Andrew prior to the, uh, prior to the loan with Phil. Right? Because after all, the incident happened previous. That's fascinating. That what? That first the loan happened with Phil and then, the, and then there was the incident. Why should Phil not be able to collect from Andrew? Phil preceded Andrew as we arrive at Lamdal and at the very manageable time of 6 a.m. exactly. And, and even if the, in the case, let's say, where, where he damaged before the owner, uh, right, before, before Phil's loan, the, the, the fact of the matter is the creditor should precede Andrew in seizing the ox as, as payment. Why is Phil not getting his money back? Just because of this incident. Should we learn a fundamental thing that if, that if uh, Barry has two creditors, Andrew he owns for the incident with the ox, and, and Phil, who he owns for a loan, right? Are we supposed to say that, that there is such a thing that if a, one of two creditors precedes another, that he has to forfeit it depending on who has right precedence? In general, right? There's a there's a Rashi or Shmami na bitmia. This can't be. Why? Because Pluktahi Baalma, we have this machlokas and Ksuvazatzali Dalad, right? In other words, there's a machlokas here, Phil. Right? Obviously Barry owes money to Phil for a loan, and he owes money to Andrew for the incident. But there is a Shita in Ksubis that if one of these two, let's say Phil, comes and collects his money first, then right, um, Whoever comes and gets it first, right, is actually going to be the one to, to keep it, right? You snooze, you lose. The first come, first serve. And yet, what? Are we saying that we're taking a stance on that machlokas? That is a machlokas indeed, but, but we're sounding like very much like we can't do that, that no matter what, it goes to Andrew. It says, uh, I could tell you that even according to the opinion that first come, first serve when it comes to collecting debts, for shiny awesome, the case of this ox is actually different. Why? The Amar Because Andrew could say, if, if, let's say, the ox had been in Phil's possession before it gored, right? Would he have not collected from Phil? 
Because after all, where is the damage coming from in the case of Tom? The Pasuk says it comes from the shore. So guess what? It doesn't really matter who owns the shore. It's coming from the shore. So, so all that means is that the payment of a, of a shore Tom comes from the shore. So it almost doesn't matter who owns it. Andrew's getting it. Because as long as this shore lives and breathes, uh, it's going to go to Andrew, no matter what happened behind the scenes financially. That's what's going on, right? And so this is not reflective of who can grab, of the machlokas of two creditors and one comes before the other. None of that matters. The shore belongs to Andrew, right? Mm-hmm. Even if Phil had owned the shore, it would go to Andrew. Okay, fine. Whew, that is the full analysis of that price. So you ready for another price of Phil? You look like you are. So turn around, let's go. Shore shove him a time, shenogok shore shove him a time. Uh-oh. So now we're going to talk money. Okay, kosher money, Andrew. We're talking numbers. Okay, let's say Andrew and Barry's shore it, at the time of the incidents were equivalent money. And Barry's bull did a 50 zuz injury on Andrew. And all of a sudden, uh, it actually, Andrew's bull, the meat, price of meat and bulls went way up. And it went up to 400 zuz. And it went up a lot. But Andrew, Andrew's $200 bull would have been worth $800 for, not for the fact that it was damaged. But now that it was, now that it's sustained, apparently it didn't uh, get killed, it just got injured, right? But now it's, that it's sustained at the time. At the time of the damage, it sustained $50 worth of damage. We're going to say dollars instead of zoos. So at the time, it sustained $50 worth of damage, okay? But really, if you look at the market now, he's still, still alive. Now he's got a $400 bull where he would have had an $800 bull. So how much damage did Barry cause? $400 or $50? At the time of the incident, it was 50. But now, if you look at it, the depreciation, it's 400. So how much does he have to give? Says the Bryce and Nosen Kishas Nizak. No, it's determined by the time of the incident. The time of the incident was $50. So he only owns, the, the, the Barry only has to pay Andrew the $50. Kachash Bishasa Madabadin. But in contrast, if Andrew's bull depreciated, right? Then kishas hamadabedin. Then you look at the loss at the time of the hamadabedin. Why is that? That means that the deterioration, right after the initial blow, you have to pay for that deterioration if it goes down. What, what is this going on? The Gemara is going to explain. So first, shavach mazik. Uh, oh wait, another case. Let's say because don't forget, we pay migufa. We pay from. So up until now, we're talking about the value of Andrew's bull. We're going to talk about this kachash amadabedin situation, that the depreciation, what caused it to depreciate and what we're doing with amadabedin. But now let's talk about the value of Barry's bull. If, in fact, goes up in value, then he pays like the shasa nezek, which is to say, according to the value of the time of the damage, right, which means that we disregard the appreciation of Barry's bull. However, kachash, but if Barry's bull goes down in value, kishas amadabedin. So all of a sudden, Andrew's going to get less. We're going to go based on the Shaz HaMad Abedin, right? As the Rashi says, right? We're going to see what is the contradiction between the ratio and the Seifa. So we're going to talk about appreciation and depreciation of the bull. Again, the Pasuk put us in this position because the Pasuk says, you sell from Barry's Gufo with a Tom. It's unlike any other kind of damages payment that we're ever going to do. It's convoluted because there's appreciation and depreciation. There's a time of the incident. There's a time of the Amad Abedin. So what is going on? So let's examine. Here we go. Amar Mar. 
Shavach, Mazak Nosein Gashas Hanezek. That if, in fact, the bull appreciated, so then Barry has to pay like the time of the damage. Okay. Now, Mani, whose opinion is that? Rabbi Shmal. That sounds like Rabbi Shmal, because don't forget, guys, <laughs> according to Rabbi Kiva, Andrew owns the bull right away. At the, sh- at the time, we're going back to that, right? And therefore, if it appreciated, you better believe he's going to get, uh, have a handle on that appreciation, right? Because after all, Rabbi Shmal says, According to Rabbi Shmal, Barry's not, it's not as if Andrew owns it. Barry's like a Balchov. So Chov, it's just money that he's giving him, and the shore itself is only evaluated from the time, uh, right? Is only evaluated from the time of the incident. Ema Seifa, but now we have a contradiction between the beginning and the and the end of the brisa because at the Seifa it says Kachash Kishasamadabedin, but after, it says that if it depreciates, we go Madabedin. So we are in a similar predicament that we were in before, where one part of the brisa sounds like Rabbi Shmuel, which says that. Andrew doesn't own the bull yet until Amadabadin. And the other part sounds like Rabbi Akiva, which, which means that Andrew owns it immediately from the time of the incident, right? So this idea of that sounds like Rabbi Akiva who says that they're Shutfin, right? So which is it? Reisha Rabbi Shmuel was safer Rabbi Akiva? Are you going to say that the Reisha goes like Rabbi Shmuel and safer Rabbi Akiva? Right? Because either way, Rabbi Kiva should hold that everything happens by Mother Badin. Rabbi Shmuel holds that should hold that everything is evaluated from the Shas Nezek. So says the Gemara, Lo. Kula Rabbi Kiva here. The entire uh, thing is according to Rabbi Kiva. Andrew owns it right away. Behalch of And what are we dealing with here? That, what, what are we saying when, that if it, de- if it appreciated, he pays only according to the, the, uh, the, pre- the time of the incident? Kishit Pitmo. Yeah. Where what happened was Andrew, uh, Barry is the one that actually fattened this ox to increase the value. Well, since he's the one that paid for all of that, then it has to be that he isn't, doesn't have to give any of that money to Andrew, right? That, okay, that in other words, it goes back to the, to the shas of the incident, despite the fact that it's really a shutfus, and really Andrew should be able to benefit from it, but it goes back because of a detail, a technicality, which is that Andrew's the one that was, that Barry rather was the one that was responsible for the appreciation of the value directly, and therefore he doesn't have to share that with Andrew. Okay, so the Gemara, well, So if that's the case, that Barry is the one that took care of this bull. So then, what about the ratio? It says nazik. It says that if the value uh, stood at four hundred dollars, right, then you have to pay. The Nezik from the time from the time of Nezik. If it's true, right, if the, that that Barry is the one that is responsible for the appreciation of the ox, then it's obvious that he pays from uh, the time of the incident. And therefore, why would the Brisa even tell us that? So the Gemara says, "Amar Papa, Yeah, you got me. That's actually true. That the Chiddush of the Brisa is as follows: that the first part of the Brisa is talking about that, indeed, in the in in that in that uh, case, that it's going to be from the time of the incident, regardless of whether Barry right directly uh, increased the value of the bull. And there, the chiddush would be that even if it was shavchavimela, which means even if it appreciated just because of the market value, still we go with the time of the incident. However, the sefer lomishkachas leekshapitmo. But it is true. That the that the second section of the of the brisa only implies right uh, in a case where Barry actually actively uh, increased right uh, only then does 
Andrew not benefit. But otherwise, just to spell it out, otherwise in the Seifa, had it not been for the fact that Andrew, that for the, had it not been for the fact that Barry was the right, really responsible party for the appreciation of the bull, Andrew indeed, according to Rabbi Kiva, indeed would in fact share in the appreciation of that bull. Whew, what's the second part of the of the uh, Right. So if it depreciated, if it depreciated, we say we go according to the time of the Amada Bedin. So I promised you I'd explain this. So let's see. What caused right the deterioration of the value of this injured uh, of this injured ox? So if you say that it's because you worked it and it was wear and tear, wait. <laughs> so what's going on here? Andrew's working the bull to the bone, and Barry now has to say to Andrew, "You are the one that worked it to the bone. I have to pay for that. I'm not going to pay for that." So Amaravashi, the Kachashmachamasmaka. No, the only reason we're saying that that Barry has to pay for all the deterioration that's happened from the time of the incident until the Amadabadin is because really the depreciation happened because of Barry's bull. And that's why he has to pay for that. Why? The Amalai, Karna the Kvirabe. Because Andrew says to Barry, Hey, your ox's horn is literally in my ox's side. Your ox is like a thorn in my side causing the de- deterioration. So of course Barry has to pay for that, right? So it would depend. Is, is the depreciation because Andrew worked it to the bone? Then Barry does not have to pay for that. But if the deterioration is a, is a consequence of the actual incidents, then of course Barry has to pay for that because he's responsible for that incident. Okay, now, let's analyze the Pasuk of the short time in earnest as the Mishnah continues and says, the next Mishnah, Shor Shavimataim, Shinagach Shor Shavimataim. Okay, they're both worth the same. And now it's worth garnished, this gourd, Andrew's ox. That's where the Pasuk says, Right? That's what it means. It says, uh, as Rashi explains, this is the Chatzinezek that we're talking about. Right? This is exactly Chatzinezek. We sell a Barry's bull and we split it and give half of it to Andrew. It's all good. If you said, that's in fact, that's of course the halacha. Right, that he gives him what? Chatzin has a hundred, uh, right, a hundred mana. But as Rashi says in the first wide line, right, this is not uh, an expression of umachores hashar hachai, right? As after all, the pasuk says umachores hashar hachai v'chatzus kaspa v'gamas ameisiachetzun, right? So yes, there's something more going on here. In other words, in the case where they're both completely worth the same, it's very straightforward. <laughs> if they're completely worth the same and Andrews is completely worthless and dead, so then you don't have the full application of you just have sort of half the Pasuk because that's a clean case where there's nothing left, okay? However, so that's what he means, right? It says, So yes, you sold Barry's bull and you split that money. That's great. However, right, but there's still... The other part of the of the pasuk of Gamis Hamesiachetzun. Now, of course, in the cases we just aforementioned in the Mishnah, where Andrew's bull that was gored is worth nothing, there is no Mesiachetzun. There's nothing to divide. But what does the pasuk mean when it says you divide not only the value of Barry's bull but also the value of Andrew's bull? The Eze, what would be that case? So that would be Ze. As the Mishnah continues, it says Ze Shoreshavimataim Shenogach Shoreshavimataim Vanavel Yofa Chamishim Zuz. Yeah. If, in fact, they're equally 
right, valuable bulls, and Andrew's bull, albeit dead and corpse, is still worth something to fill because he's selling that meat, okay? That's what the Torah means. And again, the Pesach says, You split the value of both. Split the value of both the live, short, which is berries, and also the carcass, and you split that. And we'll see in the Gemara now, as we continue with the Gemara, how that is applied as follows. Tanner bottom. Here's the price of Shor Shavim Matayim. Okay, still they're both equally worth it. This is the case that Rehuda was talking about. Okay, how is Rimeir talking about this? So he's going to say it like this: In other words, just like the Torah says, right? The Torah tells you that you have to give So what's going on, right? That's what's, that's what the that is. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says like this. So again, it's they're both they're both worth two hundred. Now, uh, now Andrews is worth fifty. So you sell Andrews' carcass, uh, uh, the, the the carcass of Andrews' shore, and you split that twenty five dollars, right? And you split the hundred, and everybody's left with one hundred twenty five dollars. That's exactly what it means, right? Half of each. Everyone, right? Again, uh, there's 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 one hundred there's there's two hundred and fifty. Dollars on the table, right? Barry Shore is still worth two hundred. Andrews is now worth only fifty. So it's two hundred fifty dollars on the table. Everything is split, even Stephen, and everybody's going to end up with one hundred twenty-five dollars. What does that mean? It basically means Barry, who has a two hundred dollars shore, is going to have to give Andrew seventy-five dollars. He's going to have one hundred twenty-five, and Andrew is going to have one hundred twenty-five, and therefore that's exactly what the Torah is talking about. Remember, that's not what that pasuk means, Ella, right? Because the pasuk says something, and we don't really know how to how to work it out. Ella, No, he's saying that the case is where Andrew's shore is worth nothing. That's when it means you sell Barry's bull, and you split it in half. What's this vagamis This means that the depreciation that the death caused to the animal, that's what they divide in the value of the live one. In other words, it's the first part of the, of the Pasuk is only explaining the second part. That's what he means. Uh, it's an amazing idea. That it just means when it says you split the dead and the alive, you just mean that you take into consideration the fact that the gourd bull is completely worthless and you have to reimburse him for half the difference, Right? Of, of the, of what the animal was worth during its life. Okay. And you do so through the sale of the live ox of the bull. That's all that means. Wow. So now let's, let's analyze this machlokas. Mechli, ben rameyer, ben rebihuda, hai meyeva esrim chabisha shakal, hai meyeva esrim chabisha shakal, hai beinayu. That really, whether you go according to rameyer or according to rebihuda, what would be the case where Andrew's, uh, bull is only worth 50 zuz? So whether you say you sell Barry's bull and you give half, or you say you sell Barry's bull and Andrew's, uh, the remaining of Andrew's carcass of his bull, and you split each one in half, it's still going to come out the same. Again, <laughs> the machlokas is as follows. I just want to be clear. The machlokas is, do you sell both Barry's live bull and Andrew's carcass of, of bull and then split the proceeds of each in half? Or do you sell Barry's bull, as Rameyer says, and use the proceeds of just Barry's bull to pay what would have been, right, the half and half payment 
to Andrew. So if Andrew has a $200 bull and the, and the carcass of Barry, of, sorry, if Barry has a $200 bull and the carcass of Andrew's bull is worth $50, then it wouldn't matter. It would still be $125. According to Rabbi Huda, you sell both Barry's bull and Andrew's carcass and you split each and everybody goes home with $125. According to Rabbi Mayer, you only sell Barry's $200 bull, but you take into account the fact that, that Andrew sustained the loss that he sustained, and out of the proceeds of Barry's bull, you give him $125, you give him the remaining $75, right? And you let Andrew keep his $50 carcass. Okay, but it's still, so either Andrew gets $50 of a carcass plus $75, or he sells his and gets $125. But either way, he's ending up with $125. So what would be the difference? So Amar Rava, Rava says, right? What we're talking about is the depreciation of the carcass. Who has it? So if you, according to Reb Meir, he's according to Reb Meir, who says that it's Andrew's carcass plus the, the money, he's going to have to absorb the depreciation of that carcass. And according to Barry, according to Rabbi Huda, rather, when you sell both of them, so then the depreciation is going to fall on Barry. So The fascinating thing, which we'll kick around tomorrow, and tomorrow's stuff is so easy, Andrew, once we get to the mission, it's easy sailing, that you'll find a situation, a wild thing. You can think of a case where, in fact, as we'll see tomorrow, this is coming attractions, a case where you can theoretically, in a case of Tom, where the payment is so much different than the Muad, as we discussed, where in a case of Tom, Barry really ends up paying even more than he would have if all he was doing was compensating for the damage as he does with the Muad, as we shall see.